This episode of the Music Stuff Show is brought to you by Dupe Loops, your weekly curated drum loop library. If you're writing music, building tracks, or programming beats, dupeloops.com is the place to start. They deliver 10 new drum loops directly to your inbox every Monday, so you can spend less time searching for the right sounds and more time making music. Each loop is always available in stereo and multi-track formats, always fresh, and they are never recycled. And for a limited time, they are offering a seven-day free trial period with every plan. So visit dupeloops.com, that's D-U-P-E-L-O-O-P-S.com, and start your free trial today to receive 10 new multi-track drum loops per week, every week. On this episode of the Music Stuff Show, we take a look at the biggest obstacle standing in the way of any creative endeavor. We discuss its manifestations, its effects, and we examine, most importantly, how to overcome it. Please enjoy this episode of the Music Stuff Show, Fear. Welcome to the Music Stuff Show, where we break down the business of music to help you build a career doing what you love. I'm Tom, and so is Vance here too. I'm going to start over. (laughs) Not really. I'm Tom. Vance is here too. Hello! (laughs) That was awesome. (laughs) I try to get clever at the top. It's like, man, I say the same thing every time, and I'm like, man, I'm going to try to switch it up. And then my brain went... I thought it was hilarious. Shut down. I loved it. That happens. But if you can't be real on recorded material, where can you be real? That's what we're here for, guys. Right. Authenticity. We do our best. Well, we do something. (laughs) You got a fact for me? You know it. See that phone out. Did you know? In 2007, an American man named Corey Taylor tried to fake his own death in order to get out of his cell phone contract without paying a fee. What? I, I assume that's not the same Corey Taylor who is the singer for Slipknot. I don't know. If it is, <laughs> that is turbo Spoiler. cheapness. Because you know that guy can afford his cell phone contract. Also, apparently it did not work. Oh, well, bu- bummer. Poor guy. Not only did you fake your death, but you failed. And I guess still paid the fee. Oh, God. I. This is not read off of anything. This is pulled directly from my head so it's probably uh misremembered but i i once read that a guy um intentionally damaged a levee i think it was in mississippi so that it would leak only only partially and flood the road a little bit so that his wife wouldn't be able to come home so that he could continue partying but it actually destroyed the levee and flooded like twenty thousand acres and now he's in jail for the rest of his life wow yeah Hope it was worth it. <laughs> I guess he has a different kind of party now. Dude, that must have been a dope party. <laughs> <laughs> what if he's still in jail? He's like, nah, I was totally worth yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you never seen this before. Yeah. Nah, man, you have no idea how good that party was. I'd do it twice. <laughs> 10 out of 10 would do again. 10 out of 10 would do again. Oh, man. So what are we going to talk about? Fear. Fear. It's not an acronym. Just the word fear. Things that go bump in the night. Yeah. Like your brain. <laughs> like your brain. Uh, man, I think I think this is an incredibly appropriate topic for the Music Stuff show. Because I think that, I mean, I can't speak to every uh, industry on the planet or every business, but I can say with uh, the utmost authority that fear is a major motivating and driving factor 
in the realm of musicianship and the music business. Faux show. Without question. Yes. God, so many decisions are made based on fear or like not made based on fear. Yes. How many, we had an episode called why do good artists fail? Mm -hmm. Right. Like this, this could just be a repetition of that episode. Like how many good artists or good creators are in the world who you will never hear about because of their debilitating fear. I would say a lot. Yeah. I definitely know handfuls that come to mind right now. Yeah. I'm not going to call them out. Yeah. I called them out in person, but <laughs> I'm not going to put them on blast on the airwaves. Yeah. Dude, I can uh, just, I mean, even not to like put it off on other people like myself. There have been things that I have not done in my career. Like I haven't maybe made a phone call and asked for help for somebody who I knew, like I'm trying to think of like a concrete example. I can remember like mixing stuff earlier in my career and knowing somebody who is a a good mix engineer and knowing that they would reply to my email, not sending them the track and asking for their thoughts on the mix Hmm. because I'm afraid that they might say no. I can say from personal experience, I um, it's sort of a blessing and a curse for me. I was lucky enough to grow up around some pretty talented people mm-hmm. that kind of set a pretty high bar earlier than I would imagine most people yeah. end up there. Uh, and in terms of expectation and like the goal to shoot for, I'd say that would be positive. Mm-hmm. But there was definitely a season for me uh, you know, probably like, I don't know how long, three to five years ago, um, mm-hmm. maybe shorter where, uh, there was a turning point that I was scared to put stuff out or do things that hadn't been touched by certain people because in my mind it would never live up to what they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether that was mixing a track, that's actually a completely accurate example for me mm-hmm. where, so little background i used to tour for a long time doing live sound for people outside of playing music Mm -hmm. kind of like did a hodgepodge of all those things but uh live sound for events and conferences and some things like that definitely paid my bills for some seasons and uh while they are different animals uh objectively mixing live sound and mixing things on a computer Mm-hmm. Are, are the same tools they come across in different ways and there's definitely a learning curve to figure out what those differences are and how they translate differently but uh on paper had all the skills to yeah. do that yeah uh, just required a little bit of personal learning mm-hmm. in order to be able to convert those skills uh but i was absolutely terrified mm-hmm. to put out a song that I had mixed and produced myself, not for lack of ability, but surely because of I had really talented friends mm-hmm. that I had worked with in the past and yeah. had put their hands on everything that I had done to the point that I had to recognize that I had to do it for myself. Yeah. Uh, and then it, no lie, took me, I don't remember officially, it was somewhere in the ballpark of a year and a half to two years to put out one song mm-hmm. that 
I did myself because yeah. I was so scared and so terrified it would never be good enough and working on it and changing it and redoing mm -hmm. and objectively it's still not perfect like once it finally came out but sure. I did finally hit a point where I had to jump the fear hurdle yeah and just like put it on and move on to the next thing in my life and not let that weigh me down anymore yeah uh but yeah that's definitely a pretty real thing for me <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I think that oftentimes uh on our show here we talk about well we're we're quick to give examples uh of maybe other people other people's experiences or maybe some of the personal examples I know that I give, like I can be bad about uh, giving examples that are kind of only positive for me or like a positive reflection of me. And that's like my own uh, ego coming through without meaning to. But the fact of the matter is like, I have, I have not done plenty of things out of fear. Like mm -hmm. I, I like I'll cut demos you know, by myself that I let, like that I'll sing on that. I'll let like a handful of people listen to, like I'll let you listen to one today, mm -hmm. but like I still haven't hit publish on one. Yep. So that's like the, that's gotta be the next step for me. It's like, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm here telling people to hit publish. I need to hit publish. Yeah. Because why not? Like, honestly, what's the downfall of that? Like I, if I think it's good enough to show, my wife or you or one of my other friends, like why not throw it on SoundCloud? Seriously. Yeah. Because I know that my, um, my benchmark for showing it to anybody outside of myself, once I've completed it enough, like completed enough work on it to show it to anybody, I know that it has to be to a certain level before I'll show it to anybody. Like, mix has to be to a certain point or whatever. Like I'm not going to show somebody a rough track that has no work done to it. Yeah. So if I've gotten to the level where I'll show it to one person, why don't I just post it up and let other people give me feedback because that's going to help me get better. I think this is kind of like walking into a party where you don't know anybody. Yeah. And they're going to hate me. I know it well, <laughs> like that feeling. Yes. But I, I think that stems from the fact that, Everybody forgets that everybody lives in first person. Yeah. Totally. And like when you go somewhere, because you live in first person, you live as though everything around is a supporting character in your life. Totally. And to you it is. It, yeah, yeah. That is very true. But I think we forget that every person everywhere is living that simultaneously. Mm -hmm. And so at the end of the day, you are a supporting character in their personal story. Yeah. And... Like at that party where you don't know anybody, you think that everybody is thinking about you walking in because in your mind it's like the movie because you are the protagonist of your own story. Yeah. Whereas in reality, they're doing the same thing, being like, oh, I don't know anybody here either. I want people to think I'm cool. I don't want to walk up to somebody and get rejected because they don't want to be my friend. Yeah. And music, because it is emotionally driven when you write your own music and typically a story from your lives, mm -hmm. uh, I think has a lot of that. There is a lot of comparison because there is a lot of music. Yeah. And, you know, depending on what circles you're in, I think it can make or break you. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas if you are around people that think it's great, even if it's not great, you probably power through a lot further. Mm-hmm. Because you have the social affirmation mm -hmm. 
even if you're not actually good yeah versus if you live in a creative place i think it's harder in a place like nashville or la um, where there are a lot of people that are very talented Mm -hmm. but because there are a lot of people that are very talented everybody is constantly comparing to each other instead of just putting out the best possible thing that they can put out right now totally versus like if you grow up in the middle of nowhere and you are the only band for 150 miles mm-hmm. because you're the only yeah. four people with instruments. Yeah. Their bar is probably a little bit different and it probably will be a lot more affirming because those people still want music right. and still well, want to embrace that. And you're the best option they have. That's like why the whole American Idol uh, audition process still exists because mm-hmm. you have people from who are, who are the best in their little area getting told they should go audition for American Idol. And so they get plenty of material of people who suck <laughs> to air, you know, and let Simon Cowell do his thing. It's true. Um, yeah, I think that's, I think that's accurate. I mean, the, the whole, you have, you know, you end up comparing yourself to, to what you're around and that can help breed some of the fear. I think when you think that people around you are, especially when you think that the the people creating music around you are better than they make better music than you do. It's easy to, to let fear win in that regard. I think it's also easy to let fear win, um, in, in asking, asking for help, asking Mm. for, how, how do I put this in trying to create and cultivate your community, your personal community, your personal network. I hate that word. Uh, I hate the term networking. I think it's ridiculous. Uh, your personal relationships. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Um, it's I easy. Think to, community is a good term for that as well. Yeah. It's easy to let fear win in that because you to have, to have a relationship with anybody, to have a community, you have to let people in. If you want somebody to let you in, you have to let them in in return. Yep. Um, and with that comes opening yourself up to criticism, to potential rejection, mm-hmm. to things you may not want to hear. Uh, I think you know one of the hallmarks of good friendship is that your friends make you better, and you make your friends better. I think that that's a sign of posit- a positive relationship, not just friendships like my wife makes me better and I like to think that I make her better. And that's why we are good together. Uh, that, that is a healthy relationship, but with opening yourself up to be improved, you also have to be prepared to sort of burn away the things that don't work, the things that are negative, um, and become a better person and become a better artist, a better creator in your creative community. And there, there is fear in putting your flaws on display. No. You know, uh, like I, I am not a great guitar player. I'll be the first to admit that. I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't think really think it's up for debate, but I'm, I'm not a great guitar player, but I am good enough at the combination of playing guitar and using my software to create a good guitar part for a recording. Mm -hmm. I can do that. I can't go up and shred on stage and, you know, play some ripping guitar solo, yeah. but I can put together a good guitar track in the software because I know what I'm doing enough between the two mm-hmm. to make it work. Uh, but it's, I, 
I would feel more confident showing someone something that I've recorded on guitar than I would sitting in a cafe and doing an acoustic set. Hmm. For sure. There are some people who would be far more confident hopping up and doing a two-hour acoustic set than stepping into a studio and hearing what they sound like played back through the speakers. I was definitely that person for a very long time. Person B? Person B that had no problem getting on stage playing. Yeah. Terrified to be in a studio setting. Right. Which, you know, whoever's fault it is, you know, at the end of the day, you're your own master. But for me, I uh, was around certain environments where one band in particular, I'm not going to name names, uh, that I was in was a guitarist that was live. It was at a time in my life when I didn't really have any experience in the studio. Mm -hmm. Uh, And some of the people I played with had more experience. Mm -hmm. And instead of like kind of helping and guiding me through that, I had a lot of insecurity because of a lack of experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it would be the kind of thing that instead of encouraging me or trying to help me grow through that and better Mm -hmm. succeed at that, it would be like, oh, cool, one or two takes. I'm super nervous, haven't even gotten the jitters out. And they're like, oh, it's fine, we'll just do it ourselves. Ouch. Um, And yeah, because of that, it was a very long time before I was ever, mm-hmm. like I definitely had to combat that. And yeah. definitely had to <laughs> spend a lot of time doing it on my own yeah. uh, in my room on tracks that no one's ever heard. Yeah. Uh, to finally get to a place where then I would eventually let super, super close friends hear (laughs) that and then be like, once they would finally be like, no, man, this is actually really cool. And I still wouldn't believe them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, you know, and unfortunately that was a, uh, impressionable time in my life where Mm -hmm. I was probably not as confident in my own personal abilities as Mm -hmm. I am today that, you know, people in my life had an opportunity to help me grow. And instead they kind of crushed that and really debilitated me for a long time. Yeah. There's a, there's a difference to like, we've heard stories. Like, have you seen the movie uh, Whiplash? No. No? It's really good. You should check it out. I'll it it gives list. me anxiety hmm. because I like it recalls some of those high pressure situations where it's like perform or be destroyed. Mm. Um, and conjures back some of those memories of like being nervous before some big things that I've had to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but... <clears throat> It's worth the watch. I can't watch it every night because mm-hmm. of those feelings. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh man, I can't handle this emotionally. <laughs> but uh, I, you know, every once in a while, I definitely like to watch it because it's just a great movie. Um, but uh, I forget, I forget who the story's about. But in that movie, uh, J.K. Simmons, who plays the like band leader uh, director, tells a story about um, a young player who is not nailing it and gets like a symbol thrown at his head and then comes back the next day and nails it. And he's like, he probably went home and cried himself to sleep that night because he was so embarrassed and so distraught. Mm-hmm. But what he did is he took that that emotion and channeled it into, screw you, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And which is what you have done over time. Didn't do immediately like in that story. But I, the reason I bring that up is because there's a difference between that like a person getting angry at you and pushing you be like you suck do better mm-hmm. is different than somebody saying you suck don't try yes very different very different i have no problem with somebody telling me i suck do better yes i'm good with that you can tell me i suck all day try harder do better but if somebody says you suck don't try dude that is 
crappy. That like you should never treat somebody like that. You should never say anything like that to somebody like and if you're afraid of that happening um if it does if you're afraid of that happening, first of all, that is I'm not going to say an illogical fear because it can happen. Do not let that be a driving factor for you because anybody who treats somebody that way is so insecure. Like that person is so riddled with insecurity that their fear is driving them to treat you like garbage. You know what I mean? Like, and don't, don't let that fear rule you. That is somebody who, who acts that way is a piece of trash and, they're never going to have a career that's worth anything anyway. Like nobody, I, I would venture to say that anybody at the top of the game in any respective genre or craft artistically is never going to say you suck. Don't try. They're going to be like, you you suck. You're not ready to be in the room with me, yeah. but they're never going to say, don't try. Yeah. They're come back say, when you're ready. They're going to say, get good noob. They're going to go. <laughs> they're going <laughs> to even, even like dickhead gamers are like, they're not like, hey man, you should stop playing. They're just like, get good, hmm. get good, noob. You know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> it's like, man, yeah. Also, on the flip side of this, um, take leadership seriously. Yeah. I think some people, uh, you know, and unfortunately, sometimes you can't know this until it's after the fact. Mm-hmm. So, really, I would say take every day this way. Uh, my mom used to say this. I realize I'm kind of dancing around this statement. I'm going to get there. Yeah. Uh, she used to always drive that home that like somebody's always watching you. Like even if you don't think you're the leader, mm-hmm. somebody is always looking up to you no matter who you are or what place it is. Yeah. Whether it's your own immediate team that is a band or your group or whatever you are, mm-hmm. whether this is at your job and even if you think that you are lowest man on the totem pole or mm-hmm. lowest woman on the totem pole, there is always somebody else that you probably don't even recognize that is watching you. Yeah. That they feel the same way. And, you know, I I think a lot of people believe leadership is given and it's not. Like, you take leadership by mm-hmm. being a leader in your environment, mm-hmm. whether that's to one people or a thousand people. Like, yeah. you don't have to be a CEO to lead people. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be, you know, the top person in whatever group to mm-hmm. be a leader. Even if you're only leading one person, uh, take that seriously. Yeah. And it's okay to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like in, in fact, you should be honest, but being honest the right way is different. Like there's not a person on this planet that I will tell that they can't do something. Yeah. Like if you put I don't care what it is. You want to do heart surgery? Like, you know, it, it might be a long goal. <laughs> Yeah. Like, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. If, if that is what you really want and you put in the time and, you know, do what it takes. And even if that takes years or decades or whatever, like if that's truly at the root of your soul, of your goal, no mm-hmm. matter what it is, you want to surf, you want to basket weave, you want to be a chef, you mm-hmm. want to start a business, anything. Yep. I don't believe there's anything that can't be done if you'll put in the work. Yeah. And I, I a thousand percent agree with that. And so with that, like it's okay to say you're not there yet. There are some things you got to work on. And in fact, being able to objectively look at somebody if they're in your band and be like, Hey man, or Hey girl, like you're not nailing this part. Mm-hmm. 
like practice this right here's a way to practice that might make that easier mm-hmm. like go home and do this whatever that is like mm-hmm. whatever you know guitar workout or drum drills or like mm-hmm. whatever you need to do whatever youtube video like encourage in the sense of you're not there yet and we need you to be there yeah so that we can keep you on the team so go practice this go wood shop this go drill it till your hands bleed yep go so much farther than telling somebody you're not good enough and you can't do this and honestly like <laughs> unfortunately some people will give up and that genuinely breaks my heart yeah uh yeah, other people same. won't and 10 years from now they'll have a show and still resent you and have yeah. a much better life because they'll have put in the work whether you wanted them to or not it just yeah. took them a little bit longer i i would I, I would argue don't be af- don't be afraid of criticism um in fact I I think you want to be in a band. You want to be in an organization that does provide criticism like that. Like, hey, this is not good enough yet. Mm-hmm. You if you have if you're in a band and <clears throat> the reply is, "Yeah, man, sounds great." And that's uh, uh an empty statement and everybody knows it doesn't sound great. That's not the band you want to be in. That band's never going to go anywhere because none of you care enough about the music, about the project, about each other to get good enough for it to go somewhere. You want the passion and the care to be there to push you to be better, but it has to come from a good place, from a constructive place. It cannot come from a destructive place. If you have destructive people in your organization who say it's not good enough and it never will be, then that organization's not going the, going anywhere either. You have to you have to hone each other, fine tune each other, make each other better. But it has to come from the right place. Yeah, it, it's funny too, man. The number of times I've heard producers wait till the band goes to lunch and whoever the weakest link is that's not Dude. nailing it. Yeah, and they retract the part that mm-hmm. wasn't getting the job done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just pretend that it cleaned up in editing. Yeah. Man, you are hindering people so hard. How does that serve anybody? Yeah. And it sucks that sometimes people's egos are going to be hurt. Yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, like, as long as it comes from the right place, you know, people people can't get better if they don't realize they need to get better. And yeah. you being further along in the journey, just assuming that, Everyone should know. Yep. No, man, you've been doing it longer. Mm-hmm. You are more well-trained. Your ear is more well-tuned. Mm-hmm. You know a lot more things because you have been there longer. Yep. And even, you know, I'm not saying there's not scenarios that the part needs to get played by somebody who does, but the place in which you come from that, where like, give somebody the opportunity to succeed mm-hmm. and give somebody the constructive criticism on how they could be better and... You know, sometimes if you are in a time crunch, then you might have to be like, hey, you are capable of this, but it's not getting there today. So we right. need to tag in. But this is what you need to practice so right. that you can nail it when you guys go do this in a live show is way different than mm-hmm. letting somebody think that they're good enough. Yeah. It's like a lying false to sense them, of confidence. <laughs> retracking everything. Yeah. Like, yeah. If you're at least have the the uh 
want for that person's uh, betterment to, to tell them if, if you don't let them play another note, like rather than waiting the lunch break and like retracking that guitar part, tell the, tell the person straight up like, Hey dude, it's not cutting it. And unfortunately we don't have the time to sit here and work that out, Mm -hmm. but here's what you need to work on to get there. Yeah. We're going to have to retract that. I'm going to have to retract that or whatever today because we're on a time crunch, Mm -hmm. but you need to work on this, this, and this that apply to this. And maybe you can spend the rest of the day woodshedding that. And when you come back tomorrow, maybe we'll be in a different boat. Yeah. But today, this has to get done. 100%. Like, you have just done more for that person's future at their craft than you ever did by sending them to lunch and then lying to them. Yeah, man. Like, people are human. Yeah. Everybody wants people to believe in them. Mm-hmm. And when you just rip people apart to rip them apart, yeah, all you do is break them down to where they feel like they'll never be good enough. Yeah. But if you show somebody a path at how they can succeed, mm-hmm. it's still their choice whether or not they do it. Yeah. And at the end of the day, there are some people that won't put in the work and that's a whole nother argument. And yeah. if, you know, the job has to get done, but give people the opportunity to rise to the occasion and give them a path that they could follow in order to succeed and mm-hmm. how they can grow and be better. Yeah. I, I, uh, I feel like we sound pretty millennial right now. <laughs> I don't want us to come across as saying like, you know, you have to hold people's hands or like expect to have your hand held or anything like that. I don't think that's not what we're saying at all. Like I am all for the, the cutthroat competitive. I love competition. I'm all for that. Uh, and there are people who don't handle competition well, who it will shut them down and that's fine. Maybe they, they, maybe they couldn't cut it, mm-hmm. but what we're, what we're speaking to is the like tearing down of someone for the sole purpose of tearing them down yeah. of being a jerk just to be a jerk of like discouraging people because of your own insecurities or, or whatever. Like that's what we're talking about. Don't do that. Don't be a bad person. Yeah. Like, I don't think that people, every person in the world needs to have their hand held or their butt wiped. That's not what we're saying at all. Like get like, if you have to give them uh, a tough talk to inspire change, then do that. That's fine. Or, or make it hard. Like don't make it easy. That's fine too. Just don't tear somebody down and tell them they can't for the sole purpose of doing that. That's, that's never the answer. Like that's, that's just a poor attempt at humanity. Honestly. Yeah. I, um, yeah, man, honestly, like, I don't think we're being millennial at all. I I think most people, it, uh, people are scared to be honest. Mm -hmm. And so they don't bring stuff up when it could be solved. Yeah. And then hit a point of frustration when it's too late. Why isn't he doing it this way? Well, Where, he didn't say anything. <laughs> yeah, like that same band that I was in, you know, other stuff that I could have grown in and been better at. Yeah. That towards the end of that band found out that the one person that was kind of at the center of this mm-hmm. had been frustrated, never knew. Yeah. N- like, and we had been in a band together for years. Mm-hmm. And instead of ever like really communicating that well over time, yeah, that could have grown and could have gotten better waited until it was too late 
And then because it was too late and they gotten too burned out, mm-hmm. then it comes from this point of frustration. And then someone like me, who was young at the time, feels like it's out of nowhere and doesn't yeah. even really know something was wrong to begin with. Yeah. When I had been stoked to be there the whole time. Mm-hmm. It, uh, yeah, like they were scared to be honest when it could have been simple. Mm-hmm. And so then they break and then yeah. take that out on you. Yeah, yeah. So have the balls to be honest. Yeah. That's like, a, I mean, that's not even a band thing. That's just like a relationship people thing. Yeah. Like talk. You have to communicate. Yep. Otherwise, if, if if nothing changes and you haven't communicated about it, you, and then you get frustrated, like you've really just kind of self-sabotaged at that point. Yep. You've denied yourself the opportunity for it to have been better, perhaps more of what you wanted. And then you've denied a good experience to everyone else because then you're carrying around this chip on your shoulder of frustration when again, it could have been solved. Like, don't be afraid to speak up. Don't be afraid to say something that might be like tough now. If you think it's tough now, like sit on it for six months and then see how tough it is. Good hmm. Lord. It'll be like twice as hard. So don't do that. Um, but yeah, I think don't, yeah, don't be afraid to, to communicate and don't be afraid of criticism, but learn to, distinguish between constructive criticism and criticism that is uh, meant with ill will, just like hatefulness. Yeah. And don't, this is a tough one. I mean, it's a tough one for anybody. It's certainly a tough one for me is like, if somebody does say something that's not meant to build you up or not meant to help you improve, it's just like bad. It's tough not to take that stuff personally. Yeah. Um, I've had I've had trouble with that before, but you have to once once you've had that emotional reaction, immediate response to it, like take a step back and see it for what it is. What why did this person say this thing to me? What did it really mean? Like identify it. Do do the work. Put the work in, identify it and then be like is that more about me or is it more about them? Because a lot of the time, those really those the bad things people say or do to you is really more indicative of what's going on with them and has pretty much nothing to do with you. You're just the object of their frustration at any given time. Yeah. So. And also recognize that, like, with people giving constructive criticism, if a note sounds weird, it sounds weird. Like that's not a personal yeah. attack on your family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That. Yeah. It might just not sound good. You might just be missing a note. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you don't even notice that until someone, because you get in the zone. You're hyped up. Yeah. You're feeling it. Hey, man, did you know you messed that up? Yep. What are you talking about? No, no, no. That's fine. Yeah. No, man. You missed. Right. It's okay. No one's mad. Just do it right next time. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's fine. That's why we practice. Like, <laughs> uh, just don't do that during the show or while we're going down live or whatever. So, Tom. Yeah. What, obviously, I know we could probably find a thousand. What Mm -hmm. do you think some of the top points of fear are for people out there listening? The top points of fear for people out there listening. Or most fear invoking things in being in a band, being in an artist, or being a artist, rapper, DJ. I think, I think one of the first 
there are a couple of big fear hurdles. I think the first fear hurdle probably is actually writing and recording your first song or your first piece of music or like the first foray into writing for yourself. I know that was a tough one for me. I've, I've been in bands uh, as a drummer and written from the drummer's perspective, like in a group, you know, in the band setting, written like that. But uh, to sit down and write a song every part by myself with no help from anybody and it be what it is on the other side of it, that was that was uh, scary for me the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, like overcoming that fear... I think the second one is showing somebody your work, whether it's collaborative or single, uh, you're the only person making it. Uh, that's a, that's a fear step, a fear conquering step or an opportunity to conquer fear, showing at least one person, something you've created. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't apply to music that anything you've made, any, if you've created anything, you've written a story, you've drawn a picture, whatever. Like I can tell, I can tell you that like I draw a little bit, I don't think I'm very good, but I like it and Mm -hmm. it's fun. Um, And sometimes I'll show those pictures to my wife. Like, Hey, look, I drew this today. It's kind of cool. And uh, there's always that twin like tinge of like, ah, it sucks before I show it to anybody. And same with like a song, like any, Mm -hmm. anytime I write a a song and just show a work tape or if like I complete a fully recorded version and show that, like there's always that tinge of like, uh, man, I hope they like it. Mm -hmm. Hope they don't turn around and be like, ah, you know, um, I think another one is getting on stage, period. Mm-hmm. No matter what you do, um, no matter what instrument you play, just simply getting on stage. Even if you're the tour manager and have to walk out and like put a microphone in the middle of the stage, like yeah. that's fear invoking. And like being in front of that many eyes just looking at you is just like inherently disconcerting. Yeah. Um, Jerry Seinfeld has a bit uh, where the, he talks about that the number one fear across all people is the fear of public speaking. And number two is death. And he said, and he's like, that means at, at any funeral on average, more people would rather be in the casket than giving the eulogy. Uh, <laughs> That's like his, wow. his bit, but it's true. Like getting up in front of people, I don't care for me. I've played more shows than I can count. And every single time I get on stage, like the 10 minutes before I walk on, I have that touch of pre-show anxiety every time because like as soon as downbeat hits and I'm in it, it's gone. It's just that sort of 10 minutes leading up to like, man, like I hope I don't trip walking to the drum kit or like, you know, I hope I don't miss downbeat. It's Mm -hmm. really kind of like, it's just like a handful of things. Like I hope I don't screw up at the beginning, Mm -hmm. but like once it's in, it's gone. But it's weird, man. It's like the anticipation before you're in front of the crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that's uncommon at all. In fact, a, a lot of uh, artists and musicians I admire have admitted that I've seen have admitted to having that touch of anxiety before they go on stage. I think maybe it was Taylor Hawkins talked about it. Drummer for the Foo Fighters was saying like he still gets a little touch of anxiety and he's like, that's evidence to me that I still care. Mm. And I totally agree with that. At least that's how I justify it to myself. <laughs> I would compare it to a first kiss. Oh. In the sense of a uh, your first first kiss is always on a different level. Mm-hmm. Like the anxiety, the butterflies. Mm-hmm. But then you do it 
and you're like, man, I'm into this. This is cool. Yeah. I would say the first time you ever get on stage for any reason, it's usually like that. Yeah. But then you get older, you kiss a couple more people. <laughs> slut. <laughs> <laughs> we will have no slut shaming on this show. <laughs> you you kiss a couple more people. Every time you kiss a new person for the first time, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. even if you're not 15 anymore, there's still a little bit of nervousness of, yeah. oh, I'm into this. I want them to be into this. Yeah. I hope everybody likes what's happening here. Yep. Maybe not the same as when you were 16 years old and it's a new place you've never been before. Yep. But every time you get on stage, it's kind of like that. Oh, it's a new yeah. person. I get a little butterflies. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm self-aware enough to realize that we're all on the same page and everybody's excited to participate. Yep. But, you know, and then you kiss somebody and then you probably kiss them a couple more times and you're in it. Yeah. But I would say that, to be fair, to kind of backtrack, all fear stems from starting. That's a pretty vast generalization, but doing something new a new skill, yeah. a new song, uh, a new element that you're adding, it's, getting in front of new people. It's like the like deep down the fear of change. Sort it's of. It's a change in your state, change yeah. in status for whatever it is. And unfortunately, there's no way to combat fear other than to face it head on. Yeah. That's the, that is literally the only way to get around it is to face it down. There's this awesome uh, Will Smith video about jumping out of a plane. Yeah, I've seen that. I'll put it in the show notes. I'm not even going to sit here and describe it because honestly, it just won't do it justice. Yeah. But it's kind of the aesthetic where like you just got to jump. Like if you want to play shows, Mm -hmm. you can rehearse hour upon hour upon week upon month. You could rehearse for the next 10 years. Yep. And it will not be the same as getting on stage for the first time. And you might be well-equipped to do your job, but those butterflies, the jitters, the anything, like, that is not going away until you just embrace it. Yeah. And honestly, I feel like the live setting, which for me, I've always been probably more of a live musician than a studio musician Mm -hmm. until maybe recently, and even so, still not. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that lasts for a long time, but... The 45 minutes of like pure bliss every single time Mm -hmm. fully outweighs the 10 minutes before of like pre-show anxiety. Yep. And just the joy that comes with that is always worth it Mm -hmm. to me. And I'd say the same thing with everything, like writing songs when you're telling stories about yourself. Yeah. You know, it's a little nerve wracking the first time, especially if you're not good. Yeah. It's okay to not be good. (laughs) Yeah. Like everybody starts being bad. Yeah. And then you keep doing it and you get better. Mm-hmm. And I think the faster that you embrace showing it to people mm-hmm. and getting over that fear, even when it's in the bad stage, yeah. and maybe not everybody, you know, like, let's say you're starting day one, writing your first songs. Yeah. You know, I think the more you get comfortable with hitting publish on things and embrace that journey, the better off you'll be. But even if you're not ready for that, mm-hmm. Find that person, three people, five close friends and your mom or whatever. Yeah. That you can write a song and be like, hey, I wrote a song that those people want to see you win. Mm-hmm. But we'll be honest enough to be like, well, this is okay. 
I, I kind of like this part. I didn't love this. Mm-hmm. Just like as a consumer. And then you come back next week. You're like, hey, I wrote a new song. Just want to see what you think. Like, it's okay to be honest, but I want to keep getting better. So I'm going to keep doing it and just mm-hmm. want the faster that you can take that head on, the faster you can conquer that fear and it won't be paralyzing in the long run. Right. But if you hide for a year in your room and make a full album that no one's ever heard, no one's ever seen, it could be great. Mm-hmm. It might. It might be. But you're going to be so scared <laughs> to show yeah. anybody. Yeah. Because you're like, not only how, am I new to this and scared that I'm not good enough, but I've also put the weight of time yep. on top of that. Yep. That is even more crippling. Yep. Show people your stuff. Get yeah, out there, rip off the Band-Aid. Yeah. Yeah, if you if you do the waiting game and release one record after a year, you've just compounded all of those incremental fears into one big reveal. Yep. It's like open heart surgery instead of a Band-Aid coming off. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that to yourself. Be nicer to yourself. It's true. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and it's... Dude, it's like we're, you know, saying, speaking with such authority on how to overcome your fears. But, like, trust us. The two of us understand. Like, it's a never-ending battle. Yeah, it's and it, 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 it is never-ending. Like, you know, JT, Sofa's still warm, by the way. Um, Got your just, spot. <laughs> just put out a, a new record not long ago. And uh, I'm sure before he, he hit publish on that and put it out, he was like, man, I, I hope people don't think this sucks. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's at the top of the game, man. But I guarantee you, there's some butterflies before release day. Like, man, I really hope this is well received. I don't. I hope that people don't just hate on it and it kills my career or whatever. You know? Yeah. I'm sure that those are legitimate fears that go through anybody's mind before they hit publish. No matter how great they are at what they do, like, I'm sure there are fears that are minimized or not explored the further along you get. Like, I'm sure a Formula One driver doesn't get in the car and go, "Man, I really hope I don't crash." They probably don't consider that. That's probably not something they think about. But they probably do, you know, have fears of like, I hope that I don't, I hope that I have a good start or I hope that I can get around turn one quickly and easily and maybe gain a couple spots out of out of the gate and, you know, off the line and then, then we'll be good to go. I'm sure that like getting into the car every race, there's something that goes to their head akin to something like that. Yeah, I'd say it probably becomes more calculated. Yeah. We're like LeBron. Yeah. You know, I'm sure he is not scared to go on the court. Right. But I am sure that regard, like depending on who he's playing that week mm-hmm. is in his mind like, cool, I got to look for this. I got to keep my right. mind on this so I don't get surprised, you know. Right. It grows, it matures, mm-hmm. you know, and it might not feel as much like fear. Right. I wouldn't say that I feel fear before I go on stage anymore. Right. Uh, that's not something I feel at this point, but I've also been on stage a lot. Right. Where, uh, But however, I do still feel something. Like Yeah, it's like anticipation. An anticipation, an excitement, uh, like this, just ready for it to happen. Like, why are we waiting? Like, why? let's just go play now. Like, let's do this thing. I'm hyped to get up in front of people. Yeah. I think that's a point worth exploring. The more you face down the fear, mm-hmm. the more quickly that fear becomes something positive. Mm. You take that energy that is going to continue to exist and you channel it into something that serves you yeah. rather than detracts from you. 
So what started out as a fear to go on stage or a fear to show somebody your music gets translated into an excitement and like a driving yeah. factor. To, 100%. I'm pumped to show somebody this music. I'm pumped to get on stage. I'm excited to see the response. Yeah. Kind of like we've, we've talked before about getting hateful comments on the internet and just people trolling the comment boards and things like that. It's like, you get you you move from a point of like I really hope people don't talk trash about this to like you get driven by the hate. Yep. It's like man, I hope I hope people have some comments that are not flattering about this because that will inspire me to either say screw you or to win them over. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, fear is not fear is not an energy that you get rid of it is an energy that is cert- that is simply at the time misplaced and misspent i think mm-hmm. um the like that kind of fight or flight thing yeah uh what might start out as flight will turn to fight mm-hmm. as time goes on as you address it like if uh i don't know how to you know do jujitsu mm-hmm. uh, and somebody like whips out a stance in the middle of a back alley, then mm-hmm. I might be inclined to run the other direction. Mm-hmm. But if I am, you know, a master at it and yeah. have practiced a lot and somebody does the same thing, I might be more apt to go toe to toe and yeah. put them down because I'm confident that energy is now, now drives me to be confident in my abilities rather than to be afraid. Yeah. For sure. I think it's the same thing with artistic endeavors. You just have to repurpose that energy to something that serves you. Thousand percent. Saying that to myself too. (laughs) (laughs) As always. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Like don't don't be afraid of the fear. Embrace the fear. Keep facing it down. The the word courage means to act in the face of fear. Mm. something along those lines. Uh, so be courageous. Don't like the goal shouldn't be to eliminate fear. The goal should be to be courageous in the face of fear mm. so that that fear becomes something else. I love that. Don't you think? I love that. Cool. I, I couldn't say that better. I think that might be a good spot to end it. I think that's it. You cool. You hit the nail on it. Be courageous people. And, uh, we'll see you next week. Later. Also, Hey guys, thanks again for listening to the show today. As always, you can find show notes and links from our episode on our website at themusicstuffshow.com. Also, please, please, please uh, connect with us if there's ever any questions, any ways that we can help. You can find us all over social media at Music Stuff Show. You can also find myself and Tom personally all over the interwebs. I am at V-A-N-C-E-F-I-T-E, and Tom is at T-O-M-D-U-P-R-E-E-I-I-I. All over social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, anywhere you want to connect, uh, the show is here for you. So any way that we can make your life a little bit better and get you closer to your dreams of your career in the music industry, we want to be a part of. We'll see you guys next Thursday.